very true. And I think what I used to do is like, I knew the cues of how a deadlift would look. So I would force myself into that position. And because I didn't have the hip mobility, the right things weren't firing. And I tell people this all the time, like, and this is why I've been big. And this is why I like John Russ and stuff a lot, because he talks a lot about muscle activation. If we're not working the muscle, we're likely working the joint. Right. And if you're just cranking the joint to get through the movement, we're not doing it properly. Right. Like the muscle is the, the motor that pushes that movement through. Boom Boom Tits is back from New York. I'm back. Feels good. Fucking, I finally feel like I'm fully rested, like, and not out of it. But I did Warrior on Wednesday, and I was just, like, delusional. Writing the wrong things. I, like, was saying the wrong exercises, saying the wrong time. People yeah. were just laughing. I was like. That's stupid. the hard part about going on vacation is you got to come back, and then you got to be focused versus, yeah. like, not worrying about shit. Right. Well, and, and like, the time difference was crazy because I woke up at 4 for the flight, had a two-hour delay, flew back. And then it was six hour flight, got home, changed, went to the gym. Like I was so gone, bro. Seventy seventy bagels in. Literally. We ate so many bagels, bro. It was Literally crazy. seventy bagels. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it was funny. Like the dude, the bagels are so big, Shannon couldn't finish a bagel at all. So like even the day where we got two and then we like so we could try different flavors and then we split half and half, she would like have a quarter of each. So I, every day I had like at least one and a half bagels, which is like a fucking Big Mac size bagel, which was dope. That's yeah, why you're looking a little puffy, bro. I was I was a little puffy when I got back, <laughs> without a doubt. But it was well earned, man. No, but like the funny thing is too is, you get up and we we'd eat like so. I would wake up, grab coffee, and go hit the gym in the morning, just fasted, and then we would shower and go to the bagel spot. And then next thing you know, it's like six p.m. because we just been walking around and doing shit all day. You know what I mean? But stay busy. It's a dope city, but it's just, just nonstop, bro. Like, even at four a.m. when we were going to the airport the last day, people were just walking everywhere. Like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Chelsea's market is sick, though. Like, don't, don't they call it the the city that never sleeps? Yep. yep. Is that New York or is it's, that it's, it's New York? One, it's one hundred percent true. Chelsea's market though is dope, man. It's like, like imagine Pike Place, but like way nicer. And then under, like, it's like down below this big building like you just walk through and there's just sh like shops everywhere super sick um took the subway down there shannon was not a fan of that why i don't know just like all she, the people dude, she kept paying crowded. for ubers and i'm like yo let's just take the subway it's sick i want right. to experience that and she was kept bringing up criminal minds like i guess she's seen <laughs> too much of that shit so i'm like come on we'll be fine so we, people getting chopped up in the subway or something bro we, never seen it. we get there and we walk it to the ticket booth and i'm like hey like we want some tickets and this lady is like like recline back so for people listening this is how it sounded yeah you gotta go over there like she's like way back right and i'm like i can't i can't hear you and there's a microphone like at the window but she's just leaning back she had a thick uh playboy tattoo on her neck just hood right just and i'm just like give a fuck I'm like yo like i i don't know what to do like where do i get tickets like blah 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 and she's just staring at me like Ugh. and i'm like bitch this is your job yeah like lean forward and use the mic so she finally gets out of her seat leans forward taps the mic and she like directs me in the right way and then like leans back and i'm like holy shit Damn. so then shannon's like fuck this like <laughs> i'm like we're fine let's go we get down there and like she's just like sketched out looking around yeah. and i'm like people watching like it was dope though that's hella funny that was the last time we took she just away. didn't care yeah at all nike town was five stories that's insane crazy bro 
the dopest Nike town I've ever seen. Like, I'm lucky that I didn't really have room in my luggage for much because it limited me to, like, what I could buy. Yeah. So we went to that one. That was in Manhattan. And then we went down to Soho. And that one's, like, four stories, I think. But the top is all Jordan and basketball shit. They have a half-court basketball court that you can try on sneakers and go hoop, bro. Wow. <laughs> so they had, like, a drill coach. And this dude was, like, trying on all the gear. And he was doing drills with this guy. I'm wow. like, dude, this is insane. They had a Chuck Taylor store that you walk around. It's super dope. And then, See, that's the one I'd be pumped bro, up about. Bro, it was sick. And then you go in the basement, and it's a customization, like, factory. Like, they have the prints, everything. So you can get different, like, silhouettes and then different, like, materials. See, now I might just buy a ticket to New York just for that. Bro, it was the <laughs> dopest Chuck Taylor place I've ever seen in my life. Super Man. sick. Um, tons of good shopping there, for sure. Tons of good food, bro. Like, crazy good food. Um, we went to that dinner on the river that one night was nuts. You could see all of Manhattan lit up the water, the Statue of Liberty, Brooklyn Bridge. Like, I mean, you paid for the fucking view for sure because you know how those like fancy restaurants, the food is like, yeah, size your palm. A but, bite, they, yeah. but they gave you a five course meal and like we ordered like an appetizer on a dinner, but then they just keep, keep bringing you shit. So it's dope. But besides having to wear that like captain jacket, did you see that? Like, <laughs> I didn't have a suit coat. So like I called them, I was like, "Yo, do I need to go buy one?" They're like, "Oh no, we got a bunch at the front." Just, just I was wondering, I was I wondering, on, like, I was like, "That's why you had like this guy is trying pocket. to be way too trendy right now." <laughs> that's why. wearing a wearing a fucking captain's jacket. She I posted was, it, and I'm like, "Yo, I'm gonna comment on that." She's like, "Why?" Well, I was like, "Cause I know everybody's like not saying anything because they feel bad, yeah. but they're probably like, why is like, it? like this, this guy, guy bought a captain's jacket?" Yeah. So was, like I walk in and she gives me jacket. And I'm like, "Damn, this fits perfect." I sit down, and I look down, and I got this fat anchor on my chest, and I'm like. What the fuck okay, is this? Okay. So I'm like, the and that was the part that stuck out in the picture too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's all I saw. So like, the the waiter comes by. I'm like, hey, like, can I take this jacket off while I'm eating? He's like, nah, you, you gotta leave it on. And I'm like, fuck, I gotta leave this shit on the whole time. <laughs> it's hella funny. But wow. I thought you bought that jacket. No, that's yeah. that's why I commented on it. And I, I said hashtag Captain Valentine because I was like, I got to throw a joke out there since yeah. she didn't like. But that's all you said. So I still thought you bought the jacket. <laughs> Honestly, I was kind of like speechless when I saw it because I, I saw the photo and then I was just like, Jesus. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's trying to set trends. <laughs> oh, shit was hella Captain funny, bro. Boom Boom. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck out of nah, here. That definitely wasn't me, but. <laughs> The dinner was crazy, bro. Like, uh, I, I got like a ahi tuna tartar for yeah. appetizer. Yeah. That's and one of my favorites. Dude, it's the best I've ever had in my life. They gave us some octopus thing that was crazy. She ordered this like chocolate dessert, and they come in. It's like a, it's like a cake, and it they literally molded chocolate like the Brooklyn Bridge over it. That was chocolate. That was chocolate. That's crazy. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. I saw that picture, but I didn't, I didn't realize crazy. that was the dessert. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Hmm. Top five. Uh, definitely but honestly destinations oh like new york yeah oh i thought you were talking about that restaurant i was gonna say that was probably the best food i've ever had in my life yeah. like um, what about the vacation overall yeah i think i think for me because like i haven't been like crazy places you know what i mean but i think like i can imagine in the fall spring it would be super dope but like even like the second day snow was everywhere but it was clear sky so we got to like walk all the way up to uh, Central Park. I'm pretty sure Trump showed up because we were walking by the Trump Tower and there was like roadblocks and like all these SUVs and like security guards with like M16s and all these people yelling and shit. And Isn't I was that like, crazy? That's crazy, bro. But uh, yeah, I think for me so far, but I think honestly just because like that was our first trip together and it went perfect, which was like, that was kind of like the never been on a trip and then you go to New York for six days 
like 24 7 together it's like a lot you yeah. know so but it went really well so I, I liked it but um sunny places are probably my go-to yeah you know what i mean better. but, but yeah. would you go back oh hell yeah i'm, I'm definitely gonna go back uh but just different time of year I want to go in the like fall when it's still nice out and then like all the trees are changing and stuff. But bro, like when you go into the city, like you've seen American Gangster, right? Like, and that's a good example of this, like where there's just tons of projects, like brick buildings. Like it's insane. Like I've never seen so many big brick, like the apartment complexes. There's literally like 20 brick buildings, like the size of buildings in Seattle. They're all apartments, just yeah. solid brick. Like yeah. it was the craziest thing I've ever seen could not believe that i was like there's so many fucking people here like times square bro just getting like sardined as you walk down the street it's crazy yeah i prefer a beach i still want to go to new york but it's like you got to do it at some point yeah. but but like during the day like see so you would like meat packing district because like when you go down there at soho that's like that's what it's called and i don't know why <laughs> that's where chelsea's market was that's where like the more trendy like that's where supreme is the chuck taylor place the other nike place okay. More like uh, lounges and speakeasy bars and shit like that. Yeah, so dope. it's a little bit more tamed. Little... Yeah. So okay. like where we stayed, uh, Upper East Side in Manhattan, like we were pretty close to the Trump Tower in Central Park. It's there's like like people walking in like fur jackets and shit. Like it's way more like upscale. Yeah. And, but it's still dope. But yeah, there's way more of that stuff up there. So it just depends where you stay. Yeah. We didn't get to kick it in Brooklyn too much, but just because it's deep. Like to get to Brooklyn, you got to take a trip hmm. you know what i'm saying cool that's good though i recommend it man got training in every day too right, well captain boom boom he's back back motherfuckers let's get on with it yes sir ah sip this coffee real quick so today <laughs> why your deadlift sucks let's go after it there's, so there's a lot of reasons there's why a lot of reasons. sucks so i think like I think it's safe to say, like, if you were to pick one lift, I mean, it's it's a fucking debatable topic, but deadlift would be up there for sure. Like deadlift or squat, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but the cool thing about deadlift is, I think deadlift's more full body than a than a squat would mm -hmm. be, just because you incorporate so much of your your back as well and your posterior chain. So the issue here is 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 that is like the one lift that you do not want to suck, right? And I think like how often we hinge in daily life, it's really important to build a body that's able to do that properly. And a lot of people don't. So let's start with, um, all the things we see and we'll try to keep this to not too long of a list because we'd rather give you guys things you can do to improve it. But like all the things we see that make your deadlift suck. So I'll let you start. So, I mean, obviously like hip mobility is, is one. And, uh, and, and that's something that, that I work a lot with people and even just add in fillers. Right. I think that a lot of people will kind of just go through like a basic warm up, maybe like high knees, uh, karaoke's all that stuff and then like not really get into any like specific mobility drills to open up the hips or do soft tissue work so a lot of people really won't incorporate all of those things right and I think that it's super important um, and, and just because like most people are sitting down most of the day like dude hip flexors are just yeah high shortened um, everything right and and it it, it takes a lot of uh, I think time and patience to really open those up. I think that most people will. And like, even if like, let's say they are on the foam roller, like there, how many people do you see rushing through it? Right. Or yeah. kind of just like rolling super fast. It like, becomes like holding their breath. Yeah. Literally. Like, and, yeah. So it, it doesn't, it's not doing anything. And then they jump into, uh, they jump into, uh, 
straight into heavy sets, right? So like it's, you just got to take a little bit of a smarter approach. If like your, if time is really, um, of essence for you, like maybe just make that your core lift and then just do a few other like pieces of accessory work after that. Right. But, um, getting back to it. and And I think that for me, I always, like we've talked about it before, like reverse engineer, like, like what's made you successful, um, you know, from, from jump street. If you had, if you've had a successful transformation, if you haven't, this is also going to relate to you. Cause you're, you, you'll hear about, um, you know, kind of where I started, you know, we'll get, you know, your, your two cents on, um, where you started as well. But I, I remember starting on the, on the trap bar, mm-hmm. uh, or actually on the kettlebell deadlift. Um, and realizing that like, man, like even just doing that, like, I think I started with like a 72 pound kettlebell and my back hurt. Yeah. Right. But my hip mobility fucking sucked. Like yeah. when I first started doing like squat to stand, like uh hip mobility drill or really full body mobility, um, I couldn't even I couldn't squat like below my below my knees. Right. Like hinging like wasn't like wasn't a yeah. thing for me. And it's impressive at, you know, all these sports I played and, and how like I mastered compensation so much that like, and and it was a miracle that I didn't get hurt. Like my basic movement patterns were just fucked. So starting from, you know, the ground up. So if you've never deadlifted before, right? Like starting with a light load and really, or even just body weight and working on like glute bridges and stuff like that. So really activating your glutes, um, opening up your hips, like making sure that that is like your number one thing before you get into, uh, your, your compound lift or like a heavier, a heavier deadlift. Um, and, and even then build up to it. Don't just throw 225 on the bar right. and getting to your working sets. And I think that's like, so pretty much what he's, you're saying is, is the reason a lot of people sucks is because they lack hip mobility. Right. And I think that's very true. And I think what I used to do is like, I knew the cues of how a deadlift would look. So I would force myself into that position. And because I didn't have the hip mobility, the right things weren't firing. And I tell people this all the time, like, and this is why I've been big, and this is why I like John Russin's stuff a lot, because he talks a lot about muscle activation. If we're not working the muscle, we're likely working the joint. Right. And if you're just cranking the joint to get through the movement, we're not doing it properly, right? Like, the muscle is the, the motor that pushes that movement through. So I definitely agree with you. I think the, the biggest things that have helped me is, uh, like, I, I, dude, I fucking just, I love shin boxes. They've, like, literally changed everything for me. And it's a super simple thing, and it's easy to just, once you get good at them, you can just run through them for five minutes, and it helps a ton. Right. So that, and then I'd really dig into my like paraphernalia and TFL area and just like sit on the ball and just let that kind of just relieve that, that tissue a mm-hmm. little bit, then go into the shin boxes. So I agree with you. Um, I would say another reason is, um, is back to the, uh, muscle activation. So like people's glutes not firing, um, and therefore their hip flexors likely will. And then also their lats not engaging. Right. So, um, doing pre-activation drills and remember that like a glute bridge and a hip thrust is still a hip hinge. So like you said, like if you're getting back pain from that, maybe you regress to a different hip hinge movement, right? Deadlift isn't the only thing. So going back to like doing a lot of weighted bridges or like bridge holds or anything, or just doing that before. So your glutes actually fire. Um, so my big thing of why people suck, I would say is just is muscle activation. Yeah. And, and to even go a little bit further, like because if you if you really look at it, right, like if you can get somebody into a good position, like let's say we get them into a picture perfect squat or hinge pattern, their glutes are forced to fire. So it's not that people's glutes necessarily aren't firing, 
um, there's gonna they're gonna get to a certain point to where they lack the mobility to or in getting into that range of yep. motion to where now they're incorporating their lower back right the hips come up before they go forward yeah. right different things like that so activation is important and I think it's more of the it, it, it comes more from the mind muscle connection when when we do uh, you know hip bridges or anything like that um, to where it's like okay like I'm prepping for the deadlift, right? I'm doing this. I'm extending my hips up and my glutes are firing. So that's really what, you know, the activation drills are really doing from my perspective. Like, I think that if somebody knows how to hinge, right? And let's just say that they do a body weight hinge, like they're just going to do a deadlift, right? And they do that same pattern, their glutes are going to fire. But if they try to push, or let's say they, uh, like somebody who's, got really long femur, like me, right? Like I work better pulling from uh, blocks than I do pulling from the floor, mm -hmm. right? And, and it, like if I'm going more conventional style, if I'm going to do a sumo deadlift, I can pull from the floor, no problem, no back pain, right. anything like that. Every rep is going to be crisp. Um, I know that. Um, if, but if I'm going to go to the conventional style of deadlift because of, you know, my, uh, my long levers, um, uh, that... I'm not going to be able to get as low in that, in that conventional style. So for right. me to, so I'm, I'm just a little bit more aware, but I know that when I get to a certain point that I'm limited in my mobility, so I'm not going to be able to, but that's the key, right? Lift, like right? you're aware. Right. And I think that's like, like you said about the pre-activation, like they actually did a study on this too, that like, cause like a lot of bodybuilders would use it because they would assume more blood flow to the yeah. muscle and they would actually that too, get more though. hypertrophy. Yeah. They yeah. actually proved that wrong. Really? Like, yeah. Because um, it fatigues the muscle fibers and they weren't able to lift as much volume. So they got less significant gains. So, well, that's why like, I my, mean, my thing was like, maybe they were going a little overboard. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. some people will be like, Oh, I'm going to do some flies before and they'll yeah. just crank them out. Like I, I was having Trav do that because we were really working on building his chest. Right. But we would like do like two sets of like yep. super light. I'm like, yo, yep. I want like five in the tank when you're done with this. Right. right? Because I just want to bring blood flow. Um, so I think that one's hard. I don't think they did the study very well, but. Who but maybe really they knows? were doing, you know, four, four sets, like, and that's what I'm and, saying. And Just adding, yeah, because, because Brett Contreras also did a, did a study on it. And like, if you've seen his post or read his blogs, um, or subscribe to his newsletter or whatever, right. Like he'll, he'll, he'll post the charts. Yeah. On Instagram right? and stuff. Like, like of activations. Like, yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. But even like he talks about like, and you know, and he's kind of, you know, he's the glute guy in the industry to where, you know, do two. Uh, do two sets of 10 and like you're good. Like you don't yeah. need to do, you know, you don't need to do four it's sets. It's the same thing with like stimulating the central nervous exactly. system with the explosive yeah. stuff, yeah. right? Don't overdo it. Yeah. But I think like I like them because it makes you aware, mm -hmm. right? Like because let's use flies again for an example. Actually, no, we'll stick to glutes since we're doing deadlift. But like let's say you're doing a deadlift and you don't feel your glutes at all. You don't feel your hamstring. Okay, well, let's do the glute bridges so you feel that. Now you go back to it and it's like we want to associate that feeling with that muscle. So I do think it's important because you build awareness of what muscles are supposed to be firing. I think yep. that's key. And I think a lot of trainers misinterpret this because they're like, in their head, they're like, duh, like, why wouldn't you feel that? Or like, they get confused of why people are like, where am I supposed to be feeling this? And they don't properly explain it because a lot of people have imbalances and proper improper movement patterns. They're not feeling it where they're supposed right, to, right? right? So like, I think that's huge. Um, and a lot of people's, a lot of people have sleepy butt syndrome and that's yep. just like, not being able to get them to fire. And sometimes maybe adding a couple more sets on the bridges is more important because of that. Um, because sometimes it's not always about how much weight you're lifting. Right. You know and, what I, I mean? and I think more, again, like I think more of the sleepy butt syndrome comes back from, uh, you know, 
getting away from those basic movement patterns, right? Like people who sit on the couch and like are slouching, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's a ton of shit going on to where you're not really like your body is no longer moving efficiently. Your hips are out of position. Um, and, and that's another thing, right? Like if you say, where do I feel this most? Right. Right. Or where do you feel this most? And a lot of people are like, dude, like my hamstrings are just, they're lit up right now, especially like my right one. Right. So when I hear that, I know that, you know, maybe now I have to incorporate, uh, you know, the breathing drill, right. To where we can reset the hips a little bit. You got one side that's elevated, right. To realign the hips. Then we go back to the deadlift where you're feeling it. Okay. Now both of my hamstrings are fucking lit up. Right. That's way more better. That's, that's a lot better for me to hear and say, okay, well now this person is symmetrical, right. Or they're, they have a little bit more symmetry and, uh, you know, we're not going to be getting a hip shift or there's a, significantly less chance that this person is going to injure their lower back right. while performing a lift. Yeah. Um, so it's just little things like that, um, that I think are, are, are going to go a long way. And if you're out there and you don't know the breathing stuff, I mean, one, look it up, but if, if you're in the gym, you don't like move to a single leg deadlift. There's nothing wrong with doing a staggered deadlift because you can isolate each leg. Right. So for one, you have less load on the spine. So regardless, you're way less likely to hurt your back, but two, like you can isolate that muscle without, sitting there doing deadlifts and everything being shifted onto one side. Right. But I do think like the most important thing would be to learn the breathing for sure. Um, another thing, yeah, like with the activation is, is, and I know why I've had a lot of activation in a deadlift is actually the stretch phase, right? Because when we sit back into our hips, we're stretching our glutes, but a lot of people stretch their low back or they're, they're cranking on their hip flexors because they don't have the hip mobility. So if you still can't get activation, even with doing hip thrusts and stuff, then you really do need to pull back, regress, and go back to hip mobility because you need to be able to sit back into it to get the, the glutes stretched. And then another thing I like to do is have people – I'll go a little bit lighter because of grip, but I'll have them pause at the top and just squeeze their glutes as tight as they can and try to create internal tension, right? Yep. So if we can create internal tension through our core and our, our entire body, our central nervous system will fire and recognize that recruitment pattern to our glutes, right? Because we're sitting there squeezing our glutes as tight yep. as fuck possible. So that helps a lot too. And then on top of that, when you're squeezing your glutes, you feel them. And then when you sit back into it, they're likely to start firing again, right? right? So I think that's huge. Yeah. I think the next one for me would probably be lats. And, and actually, no, I want to go back first with something you said about the block pulls. I think that's dope because we go back to awareness and a lot of people like the, the program says just barbell deadlifts. So I'm going to do conventional deadlifts. Well, if conventional deadlifts don't work well for you, do sumos, right? Like there's so many different shapes and sizes of hips. Yeah. Like, and it's the same, like I did a post about this with squats and it was like a baseball player. Every baseball player has a different swing. Right, they all hit home runs, but they all have a different swing. It's the same fucking thing with a squat. Every great squatter has a different squat, so that you can't say that, oh, this is how I squat and I squat really well. You need to squat this way, right? It's like you need to find where your feet line up, how wide. Um, do you have a toe flare? Because a lot of people have uh, rotation in their hip, their knee, or their ankle, which causes them they need a little bit of toe flare. Right. So for me to say you have to point your toes completely straight would be retarded, right? So that's a big one, the width on it, um, depth, all that stuff. So I think that's that's a big one is being aware. Because like you said, like you realize you have long levers. So if you're going to do conventional, you got to lift the plates up and do it off blocks. Yep. Otherwise, you got to go sumo. Yeah. Or significantly lighter as well. Right. Yep. And I don't think there's an issue with that. So like for me, for the longest time, I kept doing sumo because I read this thing about like lat activation with sumo deadlifts. One guy was like, that's like the best way to go because I get my glutes more engaged. I can pull the bar back. I can get a little bit lower. And it was convincing and it made sense. I was like, oh, okay, dope. And like the program I was doing called for sumo deadlift. So I was like, I'm just gonna keep doing sumo. And I just kept hurting my back. Yeah. 
I've been doing conventional ever since and like, I feel great. Right. Like that's just, that's my lift. Right. Um, for whatever reason. So I think it's important to become aware and just, just do what works for you and don't just do something because they said, right. Right. I agree. Um, and again, like there's, there's a ton of, there's a ton of different ways, but like, I think that even though like I might not be as good and I, I wrote a post about this, like, I, I like to practice things that I'm not necessarily good at. Like I know, I know the things that like I'm really strong at and like I tend to move more towards um, that style of, of deadlift. Um, but at the same time, like, man, like I would rather, I would rather learn something and go a little bit lighter because then it like, it sparks kind of like that, you know, like that chase or that hustle in my, yeah. in my mind. So now we're, I mean, tapping into a little bit more of the mindset sort of thing, but like, again, like, you can work on something, you know, for so long. I, I think that it's more important for maybe like power lifters or something like that, or for somebody who's competing, but for somebody who's just kind of like, you're looking for more of like a lifestyle change in fitness, right? Like most people are going to get bored doing just one style of deadlift. Yeah. So I really like invite people to, uh, to change it up. And like, and this is something that, you know, all of my clients can attest to, like they've been through a lot of different style of deadlifts, um, and it's, if people are like, oh, well, like, man, like, you know, maybe like my, you know, my back's kind of hurting. So it's like, but like, it's exciting for me from a coach's perspective too. Cause now I can, now I can coach and fine tune. Yeah. So like literally like wherever those people go, you know, you know, they're not going to train with me forever. Right. Yeah. Like people, people move and, and this and that, like, I'm totally fine with that. I want them to learn as much as possible yeah. with me. So no matter where they, they're probably going to be able to coach the fucking trainer. Right. Right. Um, well, and I think too, like, this is where programming comes in because, so for me, it's not that I never want to do sumos again, but maybe sumo deadlifts are, are where I go like eight reps. And then when I want to pull heavy in like five or less, I'm going to go conventional because I know that fits better. Right. Or we're going to do rack pulls if we're doing like one to three reps. Right. Yeah. So you can adjust rep sets intensities to make sure that you're still hitting everything and then building on that. Cause if conventional is my main style, every other variation of deadlift is going to contribute to my strength in that lift anyway, because it's just essentially assistant work, right? Deadlifts can still be assistant work rather than has to be a compound, right? My, I have a good recommendation too. Like if you're, if you are just, if you're not in a competition, you're just chasing general health or whatever, and you have access to a trap bar, just use that shit because yeah. the trap bar is fucking golden, right? If you have a coach and you have somebody to coach you through the other lifts, then obviously you can try them out and stuff. But I think without a doubt, like I've never really, besides like being stupid and trying to one rep max too much, yeah, like I've yeah. never hurt myself on a trap bar and yeah. it's very rare for other people to do so too. Like it's really when we're just, actually Michael's a good example of this because he just recently uh, had a back issue with the trap bar deadlift, right? And remember like how quick it was for me to just be like, oh, just do this. And then it was instantly like, oh shit, okay, like that feels better because a lot of people think hip hinge and it's kind of like, stick your butt up high. They think high hip deadlift, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's like an RDL. And you can do variations of that, but I typically like doing RDLs with a lighter weight and like a really slow negative. Cause it's like, let's use it as like a loaded hamstring stretch, really build the hammies, but you don't need to deadlift really high unless you have really long femurs and you can handle it. But yeah. like with Michael, he was just sitting his hips up too high. And I was like, literally just reach down and let your knees glide forward just a little bit. Yeah. Like you can sit into it like a seat a little bit. And then instantly it was like way better on your back. So right. I think it just depends. It's it's so it's interesting. Like uh, I've had, I've had a few people because I, I and I had this. Uh, I tried this myself to where, um, and you, I'm sure like a lot of you have have ele or heard of 
elevating your feet or your heels to get a a little bit more. Yeah. For like a squat, right. To get a little bit more range of motion. Um, and it's due to, you know, lack of ankle mobility. So I tried the same thing with, uh, RDLs, um, because I wanted to get a little bit more range of motion. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, I don't have bad ankle mobility. Like it's, it's obviously improved a lot, but like, I mean, from a lifetime of, of sports, like there's been a lot of impact. So I always have some improvements to do. So I elevated my heels, uh, for the RDL and like got a ridiculous amount of recruitment for my hamstrings mm-hmm. and, and was able to go like higher rep with heavier weight. So like, I think that even trying that, like dude, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Well, I think that's too, it's kind of like, even if you have good ankle mobility, it doesn't mean you can't push it a little bit further with stuff. So like once you master the basics, that's just an addition to build more muscle. Right. right? And I think that's huge. One thing that I think would is good to, okay. So like so far we've gone over glute activation and hip mobility. And those are probably the two biggest reasons why your deadlift sucks. Right. Um, another thing, and this is more towards squat, but I'm just going to feed off what you just said is ankle mobility. Like dude. So like for the past it's been, Cause I did my 90 day outcomes. I think I'm on day 36 today. So every day I do hip and ankle mobility and there's like, I'll sometimes I'll double up if I do it with strength cam too, when I'm coaching them. But like, I really have been prioritizing my ankles with like multiple things. And I, I don't even have to wear weightlifting shoes anymore. Like I purposely was like, okay, I'm going to stop like using my Olympic shoes and just see how it feels. Yep. So I just wear my chucks like normal and I'm squatting super deep and it's totally fine. Right. Like I still wear a belt just to be safe, but Ankle mobility is such an underrated like modality to yeah, get you yeah. better range of motion to build more muscle. Like I think most it, definitely, it's just such a small thing. And then another thing I've been doing, um, and this is actually like people would think this is weird, is I've been working on my wrist mobility so I can build my upper back because dudes that front squat like Olympic style, dude, like their the upper, upper back. backs are fucking lit. So up. I've been like, it's, just, yeah. I was like, man, one of my goals is to be able to do it like normal and stop having to cross my arms. Right. right? So I've just been doing a lot of, uh, oh, wrist so drills. you don't do the, no, I've, I've actually, I never noticed. That. I've always done cross arms. Even okay. when dude, I maxed out at three fifteen before and yeah. I did it cross arms, which was the hardest part. Yeah. I would have broke that. my wrist because my, my wrists are just so tight in huh. my forearms. So I've been working on like a little bit more tissue work on my forearms and right. just doing like like deep stretches on my wrist and yeah. then like circles and stuff, basic stuff. So I've been working on it and I did front squats like racked up and my back was lit the next day. Like my upper back, like yeah. right in between my scapula. And I was like, that's dope. So it kind of gave me motivation to keep working on that. But that's another thing that people forget. Right. And I know a lot of people that struggle with their wrist during a bench or an overhead press. And it's a little tiny thing that you could work on that people forget. And right. you got to think about like whether you're typing, maybe you write for your job, you're using your hands all day. Like your wrists are in action. Your forearms are gripping things all the time. So it's pretty fucked up in there, like tissue wise, right? Yeah. It's going to limit your range of motion in your wrist, but people don't think about that. Like, I think that's, that's a big one. Yeah. So sure. hip mobility, uh, glute activation, ankle mobility a little bit, mainly for the squat, but still for the deadlift. And then really quick, last one I'm going to say is accessory work. Like okay. I think that when a lot of people go through um, their training session or they, you know, they want to improve their deadlift, they think it's just about the deadlift. When mm-hmm. like accessory work plays a, such a huge role that if you don't implement it like in the, in the right way, then 
it's really not going to do anything. Or like a lot of people don't do it, right? Or yeah. just say, oh, after they, the deadlifts, I'm just going to squat because, right. like, you know, I want to build my quads. They now. don't. They don't understand the definition of accessory work, right? right? And I think that's the big. It's uh, or assistant work, whatever you want right. to call it, but it's supposed to complement the compound, right? Exactly. So, like you said, like okay, so I did a bunch of deadlifts. Now I'm going to do a bunch of squats, and then I'm going to go do like leg extensions because I want to yep. build my quad stuff. Yep. No, like let's work on like high box step up so we can yeah. get like a lot of glute and hamstring activation in a step up let's work on like staggered rdls like you know what i'm saying yeah. like hip thrusts yeah. or swiss ball hamstring curls then at the end if you want if your goal is to build muscle because i do the same thing once i get my priorities down then i'm going to go crank up the leg press and the leg extension stuff because i want to build my quads but right. it's different right um, and those can contribute to like a squat in a way and same with like lying legs hamstring curls but i do think like functional movement patterns like step ups and hip thrusts and stuff like that is is fucking huge yeah stop worrying about like the cool and sexy shit like do what is necessary in order like if that's really your goal yeah your ultimate goal is to is to improve your your compound lift like you need to address the accessory work like in in the right way like in in and not just doing it because like you see somebody else doing it or adding a shit ton of volume and yeah. you don't know where you're at um, as far as improvements. So. so what I would say too, is like, do like to set, show somebody in a program, like do your compound, do an assistant for that compound, then do an assistant for your other compound. So maybe it's assistant for the squat. And then after that, spend time doing the cool, sexy shit that want to build muscle. Cause I think that is important because right. muscle is a, is a contributor, right? So yeah. that's when you go over to the leg extension and leg lying hamstring curls or like AMRAP, Bulgarian split squats, body weight, stuff like that to like really like crush the metabolite training and build muscle. And then on the next day you do the same thing, but flip. So you do a squat and then a squat assistant and then a deadlift assistant for the other day. Right. So you're getting it twice a week. Um, but I don't think that's the last one. My last one would actually be, um, and this is, people are going to think this is funny, but this has helped me a lot is, uh, it kind of goes two and two. So shoulder mobility and lat engagement. But I think a lot of people can't get their lats activated because their shoulder mobility is shit, right? They can't depress the scapula properly. They don't know how to like, when I tell them to bend the bar and like pull their shoulders down to get their lats engaged, they like usually just shrug, right? I was, I was working with some, uh, somebody, I'm not going to call them out, but like over and over and over yeah. again, trying to get them to, and it was literally like immediately into a shrug yeah. and I'm like, and they were getting frustrated. I'm like, dude, it's pretty common actually. Like most of us are trap dominant. Like it's, it's a stress response. Like, let's just keep, just keep focused on this. And it helps to like touch people when you do it so you can show them how to guide their scapula down. But if you can work on, um, I think a few things, one shoulder mobility, um, breathing drills, uh, while you're doing lat stretches, like you've showed me, like whether you're lying on the ground, reaching overhead or hanging from the bar, mm -hmm. um, tissue work, but then just building your lat strength too. Because I know for me, if I can get my lats to just crank on a deadlift, I'm going to lift heavier without hurting my back guaranteed. And I think the issue is, is a lot of people's, well, they'll get like halfway up and then their lats give out. So their shoulders protract and that's what causes their back to round and then they hurt themselves. Yep. So sometimes people's glutes are fine. It's their lats that aren't staying engaged. Right. So that's a, like a, a misconception that a lot of people have. And I think people need to work on that big time. And you can see it too. Like if, uh, because the scapula is re responsible for stability, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody's doing, let's say a bench press with dumbbells or overhead press and maybe it like whether they're doing it together or they're doing alternating or single arm presses, you'll see the lack of stability. Oh yeah. Right. Almost so, like it just gives out. Exactly. So like, and, and we, we do a lot of this when we coach like push ups or just getting into 
when we're in that position or even a quadruped position, how we talk about ripping the floor apart and like that's going to fire all the little muscles, even though like your, your chest and your shoulders might be on fire. Like you should also be feeling right. Like your, your posterior delts mm-hmm. and your traps and like your, your, uh, your mid and low traps, your lats when everything. you are ripping. Yeah. Like everything is, is turning on. So to create more tension and just basic patterns like that, right could just like that could be the game changer yeah. right there. And I think like, so a good way to know if that's you is like if you're deadlifting or squatting or, or even like I've had this with like pal off presses and stuff like that. If, if your QL, so like your lower back on one side or the other is hurting, it could be lack of glute or lat activation. But also if you do like dumbbell presses or alternating presses or even regular barbell bench presses and you notice like your right arm is like just it's cake like that's getting all the way up and then you have a tough time locking out that left arm or pressing through it's likely because of that yeah right and we see that more than like both arms giving out it's usually one weak side you know what i mean because we all have imbalances but i think that that's definitely a huge one and here's the thing too is like if we want to tie it all back into body composition right like if you're like well i honestly don't give a fuck how much i deadlift because i can relate to that because to like I'm getting to a point where I'm less because the longer you train, the less changes happen to your body physically. So I'm kind of past the point of like really wanting to get huge. Like I do want to start building my strength. But for a long time, I was like, I really don't give a shit. Like I just want to get jacked. Like, but if I don't master the compounds, I can't because my body composition is not going to change because I'm not lifting heavy. I'm not building strength. I'm not going to build as much muscle. And then I'm going to be hurt, plain and simple. And then you can't train if you're hurt, right? So I think like, no matter where you are, whether you just want to build muscle, you just want to lose fat, or you do want to just build strength, or you want just general movement, I think like this is like gold in all these things we talked about, right? So even like the little assistant works to better your deadlifts, even if it's not working on the specific muscle you want to grow, it's that important. Do you agree? Got it. Boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance. Whether you live in the Seattle area or not, click the link below and find an opportunity to transform your body in 12 weeks or less where you get more structure, more access, more accountability, and a follow-along program that can give you the results to take you from point A to point B. Once again, click the link below to discover how you can do that.